0: Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Captain Daniel Ramos on with us. Captain Daniel Ramos, how are you, man?
1: Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here, buddy absolutely so you're
0: from are you actually from miami florida or do you just is your boat there
1: yeah no i'm born and raised here uh my roots grow here in miami so ever since uh don't know anything else but back here in my backyard and been raised on the water ever since so my dad's had me on the water since i was about four months old and uh boating and fishing have kind of all been a part of my life here in miami so i love it down here and the weather the weather is uh it's good all year round that's for sure (laughs)
0: You kind of get, like, the best of both worlds. You get to go fish, dive, do whatever you want on the beach side, and then you get to, like, have the nightlife when you come back in and catch yourself some huge fish.
1: Exactly, yeah. We catch and cook here. Uh, The only thing we don't have those big waves to surf. But I know, I know. uh, That's the only thing. Yeah, that's the only bummer down here. But uh, the fishing's incredible, you know, and then we got the Bahamas, you know like I think 48 miles from us, you can just go and get to that aqua green water, you know, within an hour and a half, two hours, you're already there in the Bahamas. So you're kind of in a hub of in a lot of places and, and it's really been, it's been a blessing, bro. I'm super fortunate to call this my backyard. That's for sure.
0: Do you guys ever take the track over to the Bahamas? Do you do that a lot?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, if I know that there's a good weather window. So if I look at the weather and it's telling me, all uh, right, it's going to be nice for the next three, four days. Uh, you know, I tell the wife and the kids, hey, you know what, let's uh, let's take a quick run. And, uh, and especially now in the wintertime, the Wahoo, there are real nice. Or if we wanted to do some real nice diving, the, you know, the reefs down there, uh, bring out the pole spears and, uh, and and enjoy some time there. I've been going to Bimini since I was maybe five or six years old. So I know a lot of the locals there, fresh conch salad on the beach. Uh, wow, it's a sick. different, it's a different time zone. Yeah. It's a different time zone there. And, and it's nice to disconnect, you know, from the real world here and the phones and this and that. So definitely that's, uh, something we want.
0: Before we get into fishing and everything, do you, do you hunt a lot? Cause you have a buck behind you and, uh, what is that? A duck? Yeah,
1: I do a lot of duck hunting, a lot of deer hunting. Uh, I normally do about once a year. I go with my old man. It's a tradition that we have. So I'm actually going to be leaving next week. We go to South Carolina and uh, and I do my deer hunt with him. We've been doing that since I was a kid as well. And duck hunting, uh, it's gonna open on the lake, so I got my duck boat there. We got a yeah, we have a mud dry boat where kind of it's a it's an outboard like a lawnmower, so it cuts all the grass. So you get to go in all these crazy places, uh, real shallow waters. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. It just chops up like the a grass, lawnmower. so you don't get uh, you don't get stuck oh, a sick. lot. Uh, and 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 it's it's really nice to be out there on the lake uh you know sun coming up you know you're waking up at you know three four in the morning and as soon as that sun comes up you know those ducks are they're like mosquitoes if you're in the right area and it's it's a lot of fun and and i harvest everything so everything that you know goes on the wall or whatnot does get eaten you know so i don't i don't just hunt just you know just for the sport but i i made and i show my kids too that anything we're hunting we're eating and and Nothing like fresh meat, anyways. You know, when the girl when you go to the groceries, and, and you see that there's no meat in the meat department, it's good to know how to hunt. You know.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then right behind you, let's get into this topic. It looks like you got some swordfish bills there, huh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So
1: that this is a few <laughs> of them. Uh, this is a few of the sword bills that we got. So you can see, I I, I go with my wife and kids, and and we kind of have like a painting day on some of the bills and. Uh, it's pretty no cool. Kind of tells us history. Yeah. So what we did is I I painted the the one in the big one. It's here. It's about close to about four hundred pounds. And then you know we got the other medium one. That's by my middle son. And then the other small one is uh, from our our smaller son, or about our six year old. And then I just got just landed a a two swords with my six month old. So we got two builds two that he's gonna be painting came out pretty cool it actually just came out in the saltwater sportsman with him on top of a sword uh and and so he's gonna have his own once he's old enough to hold a paintbrush or we'll put a fingerprint handprint on one of the swords but something cool to do with the family and it tells the story of the fish you know you kind of can tell everything on the sides of the bill and and kind of the all the the um, you know the the structural uh damages that it has on its bill from how aggressive he really was uh and 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 it's great so the big one's actually missing the tip of it because. Uh, we were trying to lift them out of the boat, and and the 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 bill was it, he was it was almost impossible to take out. So the tip actually just the very tip of it kind of snapped because we couldn't hold the weight. So that tells the story too, you know. I remember no us trying to yeah, load him off the boat. We had to tie him off to the cleat and kind of put the boat in reverse to get him out.
0: That's so. so it was, it was,
1: yeah, yeah. But it, it's been. Daytime, daytime sorting is the best, ultimate, hardest fishing that there is to do. Uh, I've been fishing all my life, and when I got into sword fishing, I got into sword fishing. I would say about, uh, I would say about seven, eight years ago, because right? it's it's a really new fishery. It's not a fishery that's been around since the 60s the 50s. That uh, daytime sorting has been, you know, I would say 15, 20 years ago, is when it started uh, to try to catch these guys during the day, and it became the hardest thing. Uh, and I've been fishing all my life, and once I got into daytime sorting, I was like. Wow, this is this is a science there. There's a lot behind this. This is <laughs> yeah. I tell everybody you can catch a mahi by mistake. You can catch a sailfish by mistake. You can catch a lot of things by mistake. But to catch a swordfish, I, I pretty much bet my life on it. You're not going to catch that one by mistake during the day targeting them. They're, they're extremely hard to catch. And, uh, and and that's what just intrigued me about the sport itself. Uh, and 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 it's become a blessing. Just learning everything about it. I'm learning every day about it, and and uh, it, it, it's a, it's a great challenge for sure. The the one bite can be thirty minutes or it could be ten hours.
0: <laughs> for sure, that's what's cool about fishing. Is like you never really know what you have on until you get it out of the water or until it comes to the boat, right? So, dude, real quick, um, you you just got involved with Salt Life, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I just got I just signed on with them about two two to three weeks ago. Yeah.
0: Dude, congrats. Stoked to have you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I know uh, we're going to bring some good stuff.
0: Absolutely. So, give us like a little brief overview on yourself. You Obviously, you said you have kids and you're married and all that and you're from Miami, but um, how do you get into fishing and um, what do you do now?
1: Um, well, basically, I'm a full-time charter
0: captain uh, and I, became, I came
1: full-time two years ago. Uh, since I've been raised around the water all my life and fishing and kind of people following my social media and uh i would constantly get um requests hey take me out fishing No, you know i'll pay you just you know take me out to. <laughs> i want to go out fishing with you so i was like you know i told my wife and i was just like you know what i might you know I, this might become a career i mean i don't know i'll i'll, I'll, I'll get the captain's <laughs> license whatever i was an alcohol sales rep you know so i was corporate america emails uh, God knows, you know, Zoom meetings. It was it, it, it was that life for me for quite some times, and it was, it was comfortable. It's a lot of work, you know. No holidays, you know. The alcohol. That's the busiest time, but it, it it was stressful. But so I was like, you know, let me just you know take this out and and, and try this opportunity, just to maybe pay the expenses of the boat or whatnot, and then it just it, it just snowballed into something where I, I became extremely busy. Uh, I love what I do, you know. So it's like my wife pushed me too. She was like. Uh, you know, you can make a living off of this. Like you're pretty busy, and you're gonna live. You're gonna live a much stress-free life. Uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, your 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 quotas, your multi-quotas, your 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 emails, and all the other stress that comes with corporate America. Nothing against it, but it's just it's a different time zone when you're when you're getting to do what you love, you know. And it's even preparing the boat and rigging and doing all this stuff. It, it's not work to me. It's 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 inventing the wheel, and what makes you better out there to fish ultimately, right? Uh, there's so much competition. There's so much uh, it, it's become extremely difficult out here, you know, with all the, all the all the boats and, and all the pressure the fish have now. So to to stand out above all of it it, it, it makes it, you know, an everyday challenge and competition between all of us, to be honest with you. And and it, and, I, and I can't look back, you know, I'm doing now that, you know, I signed on with you guys a couple of weeks ago, which is amazing. And uh, I've been uh, on the radio now for I want to say I want to buy about a year and a half. I'm Shortly, right after I, I went on my own, I, I do Fox Sport Radio. I do the weekly uh, fisherman uh, report down here in South Florida. So,
0: yeah, how is that? Let's. Let, let, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about that. How is that? Is that pretty sick? It's super. It's super cool. But I, I, a lot of
1: opportunities come through it. You know, I uh, I, I met uh, Sailfish Boats through there. I did a commercial shoot with them. Uh, so I'm on their on their whole catalog as far as uh, catching fishing. Uh, on their boat. So the, uh, different opportunities have happened. And, and we get up early in the morning, 630 in the morning It's Saturday when they do the show. But it's pretty cool to listen. You got all the captains, you know, ranging from down in the Keys all the way up north uh and kind of tell you and even from all over. We've had it from Texas where they'll tell you, Hey, you know this has been biting, or the weather's been this. The water color's been here at this certain depth. So you kind of get a little advantage if you're going to go out Saturday morning and say, "Hey, I'm going to go fishing." Let me turn on, you know, Foxport Radio. It's on 9:40 a.m. radio. It's at I think it's from six to eight in the morning, and they'll tell you basically what what's been going on the whole week. So you're kind of so not sad. wasting time and wasting gas, right? So I got on that, and and and, and it's been fun, man. It's been fun. We have a, we have a blast on the show. They crack up with me, and uh, we do little bits and so forth. Uh, it, it's definitely a good opportunity, man. But uh, yeah, every Saturday morning, man—that's that, that's that's the bite.
0: Do you ever have people like call in and like ask questions and stuff?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We've had it, and uh, I've had some charters where we've, you know, we've had some pretty epic uh, shots or whatnot, and then we get them on the show, and they put them on a Zoom. And so they they stream not only on the radio, so they stream on Facebook Live. Nautical Ventures, uh, uh, which they are out of Fort Lauderdale, they're a, a boat um, dealership, and they do all the uh, the water toys, kind of the water bikes. They have a, they have a pretty big deal going, but so they they stream it on their Facebook Live, so you get all the comments, everybody writing, everybody kind of like you know uh, engaging, you know, and, and talking back. So it's a pretty cool pretty cool little gig there, and 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 there's not a lot of fishing shows, you know, per se compare how there is on all of these other kind of shows that they have where this is something where I remember, you know, I had to get up at certain times as a little kid because, you know, I had a half hour, 45 minutes of Flip Palette or, or some kind of a fishing show that I could watch on this channel. So now it just you know, a little bit you know, where you can go back and then even listen to it on iHeart Radio. You can go back and, and listen to it and watch it on Facebook Live. You can go back and kind of see the report of where, where you know, everything about fishing sponsorship, every anything that's coming out new. It's a cool cool little show and and i'm glad to be a part of it and uh and 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 they love having me that's for sure eric brandon and and joe are are great people
0: it's so fun like you know how it is because you do obviously the fishing stuff with fox like it's so fun to be like talking to people and just like giving reports or like listening to people's stories and stuff like right now we're having a fun conversation like it's fun to like just talk to people in my eyes and like people like, are always like, how do you talk to people like that? But, like, you you get it. Like, it's sick. They're like, we could just sit here and talk all day long if we had to, right? Like, oh, it's yeah. just so mellow. When, like,
1: when it's something you love, bro. When it's something you love, it's awesome. I listened to a couple of your shows, too, with the surfing. And I was like, dude, you know, this is another world, you know? And I'm like, it, it's super interesting, you know? Like, I get, I can I put myself in their mindset, you know, of how I am, you know, in that world, it's like, Oh man, that's, that's their, you know, that's their upper echelon. That's their like good feeling, you know, and I get it. I get it. I get it. So it's cool. It's cool in all aspects of all this stuff
0: outdoors. I'm fully a kook when it comes to fishing. Like I know how to go fish and like tie good knots and like know what to use in the West coast. And like, let's go after tuna. Let's go after mahi. You know, I know how to spearfish, but I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty much a kook. Like when I, when I think about swordfish, um, like I think about every single, like, I'm you know, like sometimes I'll be like, Oh, it's a swordfish. It's a marlin. It's a swordfish, you know, like, because they all kind of like in my eyes, they kind of like look alike, but let's actually talk about that, dude, because there's a lot of people out there that still think the same thing that maybe I thought like a year ago. So let's get into that real quick. Let's talk about the differences.
1: It, it is, it is, it is a, and it's a. There's, there's some very similarities. They're all billfish, right? So they all swat at the bait. They all want to swat at the bait. They don't want to come and commit and try to eat first. So they use that bill kind of to like stun whatever fish that they're using. So, the swordfish, you're gonna find them. They're gonna be down in the deeps, anywhere between, you know. A thousand feet to maybe about two thousand feet, and that's from what data they've pulled out, but they're always down in the darks. That's why you'll see a swordfish compared to a marlin. Their swordfish their eyeballs literally are humongous. So they'll have this big blue eyeball. And that's so that they they're able to see down there. Another difference that you could see from a swordfish or like from a marlin is basically by the tail. Uh, it ha- it almost is, looks like a rudder altogether. It's like a very evenness to the tail. Whereas a marlin, they have it and it goes real skinny to right before they get their fin. You'll have a swordfish where it looks blocky right before their uh, right before their fin in the back. Uh, they also have uh, what they call runners. You'll see the sides; they have two little kind of like uh, they're little side fins, but they're real short, and that kind of guides them. Uh, and then their their fin on the top that they have. It's just one little fin it doesn't go long down you know marlins are shorter with a nice little finish to them on their fin this a swordfish just has kind of like almost like a trigger on it on the top they only have their one little uh top little fin up on the top but there's a lot of differences on them it's just knowing how to how to kind of distinguish even though you could be sword fishing and definitely run across a blue marlin and a blue marlin can definitely grab the bait while you're sending it down to catch a swordfish that has happened to us uh but You'll see you'll see the differences on the marlin. The the, the the biggest way to tell them really apart too, you know, is that that fin on the top. Also, their colors. So marlins will be like a, or a blue marlin like that bright blue. These are for the most part swordfish are gonna be purple right on the top. They got a real nice purple to them, and then it's silver. So when you get them both. You know, with color, you'll see the differences, uh, but the big eyes is a real big uh, key there. Anything that you're pulling up from these depths that we're fishing these door, uh, swordfish, it's gonna be huge, massive eyes. So there's something called a pomfret, too. Kind of looks like, I don't know if you're familiar with a permit, it looks like a permit exactly, but it's black, alien eyes. There's another one called an escalar or an oilfish, it looks like a kingfish big alien eyes everything down there just is massive eyes to be able to see in the pitch black dark it's all bioluminescence down there so it's a bunch of neon uh it, 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 that's why we use these uh strobe lights that kind of simulates you know distress yeah so we said in the weight with these couple blinkers that kind of looks like squid flashing or these kind of different creatures so, so gnarly yeah these big eyes are the ones that are able to see it it's 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 super impressive, you know. I mean, to me, sword fishing is is the ultimate for me. Like, you know, and anybody else's other paradise. That to me, to be out there staring at a rod tip for hours is where I'm at, you know. But uh, yeah, that's the similarity though.
0: That's why I love doing these too, because you learn something new every time. And like, I'm not afraid to ask questions, so it's super fun to me. Like, yeah. swordfish <laughs> is like so. Like, I always wanted to catch one, but like, it's so new to me. You know, oh, like yeah, yeah. we don't. It's not like I'm going sword fishing here every day.
1: Yeah, no, it's sword fishing down there. It's gotten a little bit more. I've heard a little bit more people getting involved with it. It's definitely yeah. not as popular as down here, but in California or over there in the West Coast, I've actually, been, I've heard rumors and stuff where these fish during the day are actually swimming on the top yes. of the surface. Dude. Where, where yeah, yeah, that's super sick. I would love to see them. see them. You can see them. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're actually harpooning they're them. They're actually harpooning yeah. them and they're live baiting them, which that would be incredible to see. Uh, down here, they it has happened, but not often do you see them like that. They're, they come up at night here. They don't come up during the day. Uh, sometimes there has been sightings, but it's like, you know, it's like UFO. Very, 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 very not not like not, not likely down here. But in the West Coast, it seems like the temperature just might it's be normal. right for them. You know, it, it's that cooler, drier air where they might feel that comfortable because down here they're so down deep because, you know, how hot the water is. So they're down there at 30 something degrees Celsius. You know, they're they're freezing down there. So up in your uh, neck of the woods, it's nice and colder. So they'll probably maybe do come up yeah. just like that to sunbathe, you know, but uh, definitely it's cool. We got to get you out there. We got to Once you got to come down to Miami, we got to put you on the boat and get you on one. <laughs>
0: Hundred percent salt life. You heard it. Let's go. Let's go on a trip. So, dude, you've been chartering for two <laughs> years. Uh, you got into fishing from your yeah. dad. You said, uh, "How the heck did you get into sword fishing?" Though I feel like that's just like not that normal to be like, "Oh, dude, I'm gonna start sword fishing." It,
1: it it's not. I, I I mean the the whole thing was is seeing you know people with a swordfish, and and it kept intriguing me. Like, you know what? Oh, I would love to catch it. And then I'm like, why don't people catch that trolling? You know, why don't people just catch that trolling baits? So why? why are people not catching live bait? Like, how is it? I started like looking into like, how are they catching these things? Like I know at night and I've gone at night and I've tried at night with the squids and we've gotten them too, but you know, you get a lot of sharks. And then I just started like, you know, looking, Googling and certain, certain things. And then uh, saw Nick Stanzik and and RJ Boyle, these two guys, they are like the pioneer sword fishing down here. And I started diving into like some of their stuff and their seminars. And I was like, wow, this is a whole different animal. And uh, basically just learning from them and then going out. And then once I saw how hard it is and it literally was probably the most expensive fishing that I've had to experience learning a (laughs) lesson on, because (laughs) you lose weights, you lose rigs and you're losing about anywhere between two to three hundred dollars every time you kind of in Miami. If you could sort daytime out of Miami, you could probably sort anywhere because of the rocks that we have and cliffs that we have down there. Everywhere else is kind of mud here. You have like these big cliffs that you know you're at 1,500 feet, and out of nowhere it'll jump up to like 1,200 feet, and you just had like a 300 foot cliff that you didn't pay attention. Now your hook comes and your lead, boop, and you, now you just lost. You know, close to lost 2,000 uh, feet. Yeah. So you're gonna. It's an expensive hobby, and I had to learn the hard way. But it, it's extremely hard. There's current and all kinds of things, and but just anything that's hard is what I want to do. And then when once you land that, yeah, pitch you're competitive. Put all this time, it's you look at this thing on the on the on your boat, and you're like, man, I just went through all of this. I literally like it. it this wasn't a mistake. Like you earned it. You earned <laughs> you earned that catch, and it was so a battle. Dumb. And you can be battling these things. Literally, see him right next to the boat. You just fought him for two hours, three hours. I've had guys six, seven hours. You see this thing up at the surface, slashing the. You finally got him up. You're looking at him, and poof, he spits it right out at you, and you're just like. It just brings you right back and humbles you back down. You're just like, "Oh my god!" And you know, it keeps you going out the next day. You know, it keeps you going out the next day, and
0: and and that's what happens. What give me like the 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 rundown on what you're using? Like how how are you setting up your your stuff? So basically, what we deep, do right? is
1: yeah, we have to go deep. So for the most part, we could do it on a hand crank on like a, on a big uh, conventional reel, but. For the most part I'm we're using electric reels because since we're dropping down anywhere between 15 and 2000 feet uh, you know, to insane. come back and bring that up by hand, <laughs> it would it would, yeah, it, it would would be a nice little workout for you. Yeah. If they're no bite and you got to pick it up and drop it back down, you're not, you're only going to do it maybe one time throughout the day or two times. it will be too much. But we, we use a braided line. And then, so what we use after is about anywhere between 200 to about 350 pounds of liter of 150 foot liter. Uh, and what we attach to that here out of Miami, since we have a very strong current, we use anywhere between 12, 10 pounds is the normal lead weight that we're using. So you're basically driving like a dumbbell down there. <laughs> and then uh, and sometimes yeah, 10 pounds of weight. So as soon as it goes oh over the God. board, you, you, you can hear the thump in the water and that thing shooting straight down. You want it to go down and still Dude, it takes quite what? some time. Yeah, And we what we do is we attach these uh, water activated lights so as soon as they hit the water they'll start blinking uh, green, white, blue. Those are normally some of the colors that I use. But the you'll put that somewhere close to the bait. So I normally put it about 25 uh, to 30 feet away from the bait. And and then the bait that we're using, we can you can these things will pretty much swat at anything. But, you know, eels, they will we pull out of their stomach. Uh, squid is their main diet that they really love down there. You know, you know, those stories, of those big giant squids and that they, they've never been, you know, seen alive. Well, it's in the same category as those. So we, we've caught them as big as three, four feet, you know, massive ones. Uh, but you know, the most are the, the normal size squids that are down there. Uh, and 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 that's what they're mostly in their belly. So you can use that. We use the stomach of the dolphin, the mahi belly, because it's kind of real tough. Yeah. So they can swat at it and they don't break it apart. But uh, it, those kind of baits are the ones that they eat. Anything really down there that they, they can find on, they're going to pretty much uh, uh, swat at it. But uh, I've actually a well, cool story. Quick story was that the last sword I caught with my little six month old, uh, he had a belly full of squids. He must have had, I would say, I don't <laughs> know, eight, 10 squids in it. So I told my wife, I go, you know, it'd be pretty cool. I'm going to use the squid in this belly right here. I'm going to rig it. And then the next time we go out, let's see, if we catch a sword with it. <laughs> and sure Are enough, but we went out. I think we went out a week later, rigged up that squid that was in his belly and we caught and we caught one and then now i have one in the freezer i have squid in the freezer from that sword that we caught so i'm going to try to keep it rolling on whatever we pull out of the stomach to try to uh catch the that's next one so bite sick.
0: you're recycling dude yeah. just recycling bit yeah it. That's yeah, yeah
1: but just i like to bend the edges and try new things you know and see what what is uh what's going to you know what's going to strike or what's going to be different you know than the normal so that that's something cool to see that you know you're going on a roll with the squids
0: is sword fishing your favorite thing to do out of all fishing?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nice days, rough days, all days. Where that's what I would be. But I mean, <laughs> I do, I do all kinds of fishing. You know, I I dive. I, I'm a real, I'm a avid diver. So I do a lot of free diving. I don't do any scuba diving. Yeah, uh, everything is free diving, and I prefer the the, the spear, Hawaiian sling. Yeah, that's I do that a lot in the Bahamas and down uh, a little bit lower down about where I'm at on a haul over the waters, you know, not as clear as where you want it to be. So I, I go a little further down to uh, Key Biscayne area, uh, but that's a good. And and I like anything offshore, really. Uh There's guys that like to fish inshore. So and, and I love it. And, you know, it's just not my specialty It's not really I've dedicated myself to. But bonefish, redfish tarp and all that stuff, that's all nice inside the bay. But I like anything in the blue water. I like pelagic. Where I know I'm going to pull on something that's, you know, going to be good for the table and a good fight, you know? So I'm at, at Wahoo, uh, Marlin, sailfish, uh, the, you know, Mahi, Mahi, uh, and, and, but the really right now, to right now in the winter, we're going to start flying the kites too, which is pretty cool. So we start, we start deploying the kites out for these sailfish. And, uh, and that, that's a lot of fun to see because you got these baits dangling from the kites and you see the, the sail come with the, you know, squatting away, and and it's pretty cool to see up on the tower, uh, this whole thing going down, and sharks too. We see sharks like crazy. They're taking a lot of our catches down here too, uh, so I like everything. I mean, all kinds of fishing. But if you, a lot of people, what they what they book me for, and yeah, yeah, so sorting is to me is the best, and that's what people book me for a lot. But everything, everything for me is uh pretty good. Uh, I like I like I like testing the waters into here. I take my kids out on those days that are rough out there, and I'll and I'll fish inside, you know. And I fished inside, which was, you know was a great thing too. I I actually ended up on the cover of the Florida Sportsman with this fish on fishing inside of the cut, inside of the cut of government cut, right by the cruise ships where like nobody's really daring to like kind of fish in there. And I'm like, you know, it's blowing twenty plus knots outside.
0: That sounds like. What's the biggest swordfish you've caught?
1: So the biggest swordfish today that I've caught is 400 pounds on the dot. Um, it was a four and a half hour fight, and it took me about maybe 13 miles from where I hooked it. So I hooked him on Emmy and ended up landing him in Fort Lauderdale. That's how long he took me. So see, so these fish can fight. There's bigger fish that fight shorter time, but this one. Uh, He actually had an old Mako shark bite behind him, too. So it looked like he had been battling quite a bit of things. Uh, So when we pulled him out, he had an old bite of a shark. Uh, You could see the narrow uh, snout, too. So it looked like a Mako trying to get him. But he was a gladiator. So 400 is the biggest. uh, I've caught, you know, numerous some of them in the 300 range. But 400s were at top. I'm still chasing after that 500-pounder. They get up. You know, they've caught them here off of the coast of Florida up to like 800 pounds, almost 767. So that's like a, that's like a missile.
0: <laughs> How big is your gear?
1: The gear I use, I use these electric reels. So what I use is something called a Linger and pitman. It, the reel alone probably weighs about 50, 60 pounds uh, because we drop down, you know, anywhere between 1,300 to about 2,000 feet of, uh, so so reeling that you could you could reel it but it's going to be a heck of a workout and we sometimes we have up to three thousand feet of line out and it's a it's a lot of work uh, if you're trying to just check your bait all the time uh so it's better if we just push the button and even with that you know four and a half hours up to five hours fighting a fish with an electric reel you know you hate to see if you're on a hand crank how long it would take at least here out of south florida we have a lot of current here so that's why we uh
0: I was going to say, like, you got to take into consideration the currents and everything too, huh?
1: Yeah, we have sometimes that, the four knot current uh, that we're driving. So that's how we're, when we're fishing for these fish. We literally have to drive up against the current so that our line can stay straight up and down. And what we call that is kind of stemming the tide. So it's, it's complete science. I do a complete, you know, 180 back around so I'm able to drive into the current and I'm able to have my line here. If not, would be drifting all the way up the coast you know and that and that's how some of my guys I know some guys that have caught cuz we can catch big bluefin tuna uh daytime sorting out here uh we catch blue marlin anything on the way down can grab it uh and i have some of my friends that have actually hooked a fish out of miami and landed their fish in jupiter florida so <laughs> they, they were on for about i think 17 and a half hours they were on with that fish
0: oh my goodness. it was
1: a giant bluefin tuna that had caught their line and basically had kind of gotten gassed up and uh, almost died while it was down there so it's trying to bring up you know size of a school bus flat you know up uh 15 1600 feet it was just it's almost like if you hook bottom and you're inching and inching inching up but uh you never know what you're gonna hook out there so that's the thing you're it's i call it fishing in space you know it's you, you you could probably hook a fish or maybe see something that nobody's ever seen before because there's so many different creatures down there. Everything's bioluminescence. Everything's alien-looking. So, I mean, you can go from a bluefin tuna to an oil fish Escalar with big green eyes, you know, these uh, palm frits. Or even the giant squids, those big, you know, giant squids yep, here yep. that they never catch them alive. Well, we've caught them, you know. We, I've seen some guys that have caught them up to three, four feet long a lot. Uh, and those are the same squids that live down there in those depths. So it, it it's definitely it's, you never know what you're gonna get, so that's what makes it more exciting. So you get a bite and you know, a lot of times it's gonna be a swordfish, but you get those surprise catches. And I and I have caught, you know, palm fritz, I've caught Escalar, uh and, and 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 we've even I've even caught a Mahi on the way down. I guess it
0: follows, Are you serious?
1: It follows the bait down and I know guys that have caught Wahoo because they're sending down the bait and then they're down deep and
0: Oh my.
1: Seventy pound wall, who I know one of my buddies have caught. So I was like,
0: "Are you kidding me?" So
1: you never know what you're going to catch when you're out there. That's for sure.
0: Is swordfish your favorite one to catch, though?
1: Yeah, swordfish is my favorite one. But uh, but we've actually, actually while we're out there swordfishing, I've actually caught a white marlin off the. Back. So we always. While we're daytime sorting for the swordfish, we have a bait out the back, just flatlining is what we call it, uh, and and that white marlin hit actually a whole rigged uh, squid right off the back of the boat, so that day we caught four and a white marlin. That was a pretty incredible day for us that day, but swordfish definitely, since it's the most difficult out here, uh, your fish, with the amount of line that I have out, I have sometimes up to 3,000 feet of line out. So you're hooking a fish basically 3,000 feet away from you. So it's seeing the bite and having the bite travel literally all that distance for you on your rod just to see. And it's just a little small. Everybody thinks it's a swordfish, you're going to see a big hole. There's just so much line out at the travel. It's literally like a little snapper pack. And then, but as soon as it loads, you know, he's there. It's kind of like you hook bottom. and, And then you don't know if it's a 30 minute or sometimes like my buddy, 17 hours, who knows. The fight that you're gonna have but that's what makes it you know my my favorite for sure is it's difficult
0: when is the best time for sword fishing over there?
1: right now out of miami the best times to go sorting is i love it beginning of october and run it all the way till about the beginning of march it's it's pretty pretty red hot you know i've, I've gone out this past couple weeks i've caught i think a total of like six swords uh but those are the i've caught two each time i've gone out which that's great because summertime here is very slow. So if you get a bite, you know, you're lucky to get one bite and you're lucky, but you're, you're fishing for Mahi on the way out. So it's it kind of makes it, you know, somewhat entertaining. But that now in the wintertime for us is where it's smoking hot for us. So if anybody wants to get their dream swordfish out of Miami, right around this time, it's going to be the best time. Yeah, you're going to get them. You're going to get your opportunities for sure.
0: Are there particular spots that you go to with big canyons and stuff?
1: There, there is. What there is is about from Miami, off the coast of Miami, and, and basically off Fort Lauderdale, you run about anywhere between 15 to 25 miles out in that range. There's like a continental shelf drop out there, and then there's these holes. there's these valleys, there's trenches, and there's the, the Gulf Stream current. You know, this Gulf Stream current, uh, and with those valleys and stuff, you get the squid and all the bait that kind of rises up from there. And that's why you have kind of they kind of run down that they find that when they track them, they'll find that they just hang out in those depths and around those that that line straight up and down the coast. And then they those sometimes go where you know you tag a fish and one will go to the Bahamas, one will go to New York, and then the other one will go down to the Keys. So they'll kind of split up. These these fish are all over the world. There's guys in Greece catching these things pretty much everywhere. They're Grand Caymans. So this is a fish that's pretty much worldwide because he's just a roamer out there in the dark, and you know, you'll be lucky. Out in California, there's some guys that get to see him up surface at night. Few guys have seen him here. I've seen it, I think maybe once in my lifetime that I've seen him come up, but uh, it's a pretty sight to see that they're normally down in the depths with those big eyes. You know,
0: dude, I want to get one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have we'll have Salt Lake set it up so we can get you on, man. I know we got to
0: get a little crew together and go sword fishing. That'd be insane. You, you have uh social media and a website and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You can follow me on blue dream fishing underscore. And then I got my website is blue And then my Facebook is blue dream fishing. I answer any questions. I, I like to talk to everybody. Fish talk for me is, is, is always fun. Or anybody that, you know, has a question. I was once there, so I help out everybody. I'm not one of those cabs or, right? Oh, I'm, you know, giving away secrets. Everybody, everybody has to somehow so i don't mind answering those questions for anybody that is wanting to get into it uh and 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 it's a hard it's a hard fishery but there, there's a lot of questions to to be, you know to be answered so i don't mind answering anything so you can reach out to me on any of those platforms i'll be more than happy to help you absolutely
0: epic thank you captain daniel i really appreciate you coming on and uh thanks for giving us some info we're i'm sure everybody listening in right now is super frothed up on going sword fishing now
1: <laughs> yeah, man, we're making sword fishing cool, man. It's uh, it's tough. You're waiting for that one bite, but that one bite will change your life, man, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Thank
0: you so much for coming on, and uh, thanks everybody for listening in. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.